holy shit, these are real life SVU episodes. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And don't listen if you don't want you fucking prick. Jeez. <laughs> my anxiety is so bad today. Really? Oh, I took a lorazepam, but like... Should I take one? I know I have one somewhere. Where Should I, I take one? <laughs> yeah, man, let's fucking party. <laughs> no, I probably shouldn't have a second cup of coffee, but... <laughs> Your hand just shook a little bit. I did it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to SVU Pod, especially heinous. Mini soda edition. Mini soda. <laughs> I'm Gabe. I'm Tasha. So we're just doing intermish. So we're just nope. doing, yes. <laughs> we're kind of like, oh, is this going to work? We're just going to see how it goes. We've got some really amazing stories and things lined up for these mini sods. And there's only going to be four of them. So like chill out. You're fine. Yeah. We'll do like, we'll get back to SVU in a hot second. Yeah. Okay, so we have to do this. It's like ripping off a Band-Aid. Follow us on Instagram at svupod. Email us at svupod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group. Um, like our business Facebook page so you can share shit with your friends that we share. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you really like us, tell people about the podcast. Cool. With your mouth. Okay. We're going to call the writer of this email Celine Dion. Everybody's names are changed. Every place is changed. This person wrote in wanting to be left very anonymous. Okay. Yeah. 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 So she wrote an email. Gabe sends it to me and I just start reading it and it says, so it's a long story that I could go on forever about. If the story is used, I would like to be anonymous as possible, but here's the shortened version. And we both read it and we were like, nope, give us all those deets. Very long version, please. Mm Mm-hmm. It's complicated. We're going to try to unpack it in a way that makes the most sense. Yeah. Celine was put up for adoption when she was born, but had always maintained a relationship with her birth mother, Jocelyn, but never her father, Eric, because he had died before she was born. Jocelyn always said that three weeks before Eric died, he specifically said to never contact his family if something ever happened to him, and also to keep his children away from his family. At the time, they didn't have any kids. It was very bizarre that he would say this to begin with. Knowing what we know, it makes sense. But the crazy thing is, Jocelyn and Eric had no idea, but Jocelyn was five weeks pregnant Mm -hmm. with Celine. Yeah. Finally, at the age of 24, Celine decided that she was going to find her dad's family. And they had no idea that she existed. So she did what all of us modern day sleuths do. And she searched and found all of them on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and quietly began stalking them for three years. Yeah. After all of these years, just watching their activity on Facebook and trying to figure out who were good people and who she didn't feel comfortable with and whatever, she decided to make a fake Facebook account and send a private message to one of her dad's sisters. We're going to call her Michelle. She vaguely just wrote her a message and said, my name is Celine, Eric is my dad, and I just want to know a little medical history about him. She didn't get any response. Two weeks later, Celine felt like she had this man's voice in her head, and he just said to email his other sister, we're going to call her June. Mm -hmm. Celine followed what his voice said and wrote the same email to June, just the basics. Yeah, it was like a few weeks later, right? Two weeks later, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I'm Celine, Eric's my dad, Um, could you please... Give me medical information about him. Mm -hmm. Not even two minutes later, the first sister 
Michelle. Who never answered. Who had never answered, messaged her back. And she had both the sisters like within like two minutes like messaging her. Michelle goes, I don't know who you are, but my brother has been dead for many, many years. Who are you and what do you want? Yeah. Because it was kind of unclear, but you know, she was trepidatious because she's afraid to give information. Yeah. And, And they didn't know she existed. Right. So Celine freaked and called her mom, Jocelyn, and said, what do I do? Like, mom, I contacted these people. You know, and her mom, who sounds like an amazing person, seemed understanding enough. And Jocelyn told Celine to just tell them this piece of personal information about Eric that no one else would have known. Mm -hmm. So that's what Celine did. And then she was able to start communicating with her Aunt Michelle and her Aunt June and eventually got really attached to her Aunt June. Mm-hmm. They grew to have a bond where Celine felt like she could really, really trust her. God, that has to be like so wild to like all of a sudden have an adult person pop up and be like, "Hi, we're related," or have like, yeah, like a whole fam, like a whole family. You don't know anything. It's not like rare, right? You know, but it's just like a world that I don't My know anything. Th- I'm about. like, do you know what happened to Oprah? <laughs> it did happen to Oprah. Oprah, like, and she had to announce it because. It got leaked. She had a sister that she didn't know about, and she contacted her, and her sister's like, I've been trying for years to contact you, but you're fucking Oprah, and it was that they did DNA tests and everything, and they're legit family. Whoa. Uh, yeah. I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I've watched every episode of the Oprah Winfrey show. And When did this happen? Years ago. Whoa. I don't know a whole lot about Oprah's um, background. Mm. She was born a poor black child in Mississippi. Yeah. Her, do you, I could side note <laughs> no, hard. Let's, we could do a mini episode just on Oprah. How about that? Because she's her had, childhood was a fucking episode of SVU. I tell yeah, you that. Yeah. I know that some stuff like happened, but I don't know what or like. Yeah. I got to attend uh a taping of the Oprah Winfrey show when I was 17 years old with my mom and two of her friends. Holy shit. Were you guys I, just losing your minds? In this um, I can see yes. Terry. Yes. I remember every moment of that day I had all these bangly bracelets on and my mom was like, shh. Because I also. <laughs> You're just like shaking your hand. <laughs> my mom got to shake hands with Oprah when she, she used to come out that little corridor and like everybody would be leaning over like she was coming out of the tunnel at a football game. Yeah. And everybody she, she, like. She's like, sign my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was like, <gasps> and she shook her hand, and oh, it was amazing. The wow. episode was about fan rage, which I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't great, but it was just great to be there with Oprah. And then she would, they would like break for commercial and whatever, or take little breaks, and she would just talk to the audience. And I'm like, oh my god, this is surreal. Whoa. Um, and then we went to the Rainforest Cafe. It was such a good day. Jesus, that does sound like a good day. I know, but you ha- you were supposed to be 18 to be able to go to a taping of the Oprah Show, unless it was like a special thing for kids. But for some reason, they were like, yeah, whatever, we'll let it slide. You can bring your 17 year old. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> um. Anyway, okay. So Celine told her Aunt June that she had researched for many years about the family and she didn't want anybody to know that she existed. Mm -hmm. Both of Celine's aunts that she had made contact with swore they would never tell anyone about her. Once she started building this relationship with her Aunt June, she had asked to see a picture of her dad, which she had never seen up until this point. She's like 28 by this time. She had never seen a photo of her dad. Oh, I thought she was like 24. She was when she first started started looking for them. That's right. And then, you know, years had passed. And she also wanted to get her aunt's account of how her dad died, which seems maybe like an odd request. But she wanted to hear another account of his death beside the one that she had always gotten from her mom. 
Celine had always been told that her dad had committed suicide, but the story had left her unsettled and unconvinced. Mm-hmm. Here's a quote from her. I had lived 28 years of my life and had never seen this man's face that I had loved my whole life without meeting. June sent her a picture. So this is her in response to the photo that she finally gets to see of her dad. Yeah. And he, I just got chills. She and her dad are twins. Then her aunt June told her that her dad, Eric, had committed suicide. And at this point, Celine was comfortable enough. And she just said, I honestly don't believe that. And then she heard that voice in her head again, that man's voice, which I'm thinking it's her dad's voice. Yeah. It came into her head again and said, that's not true. Like, I didn't kill myself. That's not true. Yeah. So Celine was finally like, I'm going to ask my birth mom one more time what happened. Yeah. And she confronted her. Jocelyn broke down and said, I have put this in a box inside of me because it brings so much pain. Yeah. Or like, okay, what is it? Holy right. shit. She then revealed the day he died. Jocelyn and Eric were sitting outside of Eric's work. And all Jocelyn remembers is them laughing and then a loud bang and his head was gone. And then another bang and she passed out. When Jocelyn woke up a few seconds, maybe a minute later, she ran into the workplace. The police were called, but super sus. An off-duty police officer was there before the actual cops came. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that's suspect. Yeah. The cops then put Jocelyn in a room by herself, tested her for gunshot residue, and then let her go. And then they towed her car. Yeah. So. I don't know why. Right. There's no bow on this package. Towed her car to the, where? Like to the police station? Um, to, where, where? Where do, they, where do they tow cars? What is that place called? Um, Schmitz. No. <laughs> <laughs> Schmitz out of the impound? Impound, yeah. To be examined? I don't know. I have no idea. That is a good question. Hmm. But nothing came of it because they just ended up returning it to her after a short time. Yeah. But so all this comes to light and Celine's like, holy shit, he didn't kill himself. He was murdered. Yeah. So this is a quote from Celine's email. My heart dropped because I just knew that there was more to it. I asked my aunt, June, to please send over the death certificate. And as I read it, nothing made sense. His death certificate was signed three weeks after he had already passed. Hmm. It was signed that they saved the body, but then also was written that he was cremated not even 24 hours after his death, which you cannot do. It Mm. says, gunshot wound to the head, but was not drawn on the body image that they have on the paperwork. All very strange things. Yeah. Was this at a place of business? They put no when it was at his work. I I looked into the 24-hour thing, and that is true. Like, you can't cremate a body before 24 hours. Some states, it's even 48 hours. Whoa. So if they just turned around and were... Because of evidence, if there's, like, a crime or something, yeah. Well, fuck. And this, like, he got shot shot in the head sitting outside of his work. This is not a time where they would have a reason to quickly dispose of the body. Also, don't they have to ask the family? I don't know. There was something in there that said, like, unless some conditions apply um, where they can do it sooner, but it doesn't make any sense why it would be done sooner than that when there's obviously a murder. Yeah. So Celine took all of this to her Aunt June and explained the story that her mom Jocelyn had told her. And June just said, no, sweetie, your mom told him to kill himself and handed him the gun. She was leaving your dad and was putting all of his stuff on the deck. But this is what June had been told her entire life. So that's just the narrative that she believed. She didn't know that for a fact. This is just what she was told. Yeah. So then Celine goes, if my mom did that... How were her prints not on the gun? How was my dad's gun locked in the trunk of my mom's car? 
And then why was my mom's car towed if this all happened on the deck of his place of employment? So the story that June is telling to Celine is that like, it was your dad's gun, blah, blah, blah. She handed him the gun. That would have been an easy find. But yes, he did own a gun. The mom's prints weren't on it. It was, it was locked in the trunk of the car. Yeah. It was like all of these things that don't line up to yeah. that being true. Yeah. These questions that Celine asked her aunt were then enough for June to pause and she was like, wait, what the shit? And she was beginning to wonder what really happened. So then the two of them contacted the courthouse to get the police report from the day of Eric's murder. They waited three weeks and a letter came back that said, I have this in bold. No one under that name died on that day and there was no police report. But they do have a fucking death certificate for that day and with his name. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Celine's like, how is that possible? Jocelyn had talked to officers that day. There were police there. Like, if you fart and the police show up, they have to write a fucking report on it. Mm -hmm. Celine and June were wrecked over this. So this ended up triggering June to start revealing more of the family's painful history to Celine. Mm -hmm. So Celine's dad, Eric, was one of the oldest. When June was a child, Eric was living up in New York with his dad, Clark. I just gave everybody Clark. a name. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I just was like, every shitter's full. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I would just think of a name and throw it on. I don't know. So he's living with Dad Clark. Their mother, which would be Celine's grandmother, we'll call her Eunice, had remarried and was living in New Mexico. Eric had stayed in close contact with his family, but things began to become very distant when Eunice remarried. Mm -hmm. So then one day, out of the blue, Eric's 16-year-old sister Caroline and her brand new baby were dropped off in New York with Eric and Clark with zero explanation. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. She's like, hey, sis. And they're like, oh, here's a baby. And he's like, oh. Yeah. She's like, okay. hi, I'm 16. I had a baby. I'm living with you guys now. Yeah. So an unknown amount of time went by and Caroline started opening up to Eric, telling him that the stepfather, mm. the man that Eunice had remarried to, had actually raped her and had been <gasps> doing it since she was 12 until she had this baby. This baby was his. Oh my God. That's why Eunice shipped her off to New York so the sexual abuse wouldn't come to light. Eric was like, fuck that and moved down to New Mexico into the hell house to watch after his other sisters who he found out were also being molested. Yeah, and they said that it was starting around 12. Yeah. Which when I was doing some research on um, molestation and child sexual abuse for females, I think 12 is like the, like the biggest age of when stuff starts. Yeah. Unfortunately, Eric was a truck driver, so every time he had to leave, shit would happen. Mm-hmm. And Eric had told the stepfather he was going to kill him and expose him for the piece of shit he was. This mm -hmm. is like a direct quote from her email, too. Yeah, he was like threat starting to threaten him and be like, this is fucking bullshit. Yeah. But here's an important, important side note of the whole thing. Every time the siblings called the police about the sexual abuse to have the stepdad arrested, who I didn't give a name to because fuck that guy, mm -hmm. the same police officer would show up and nothing would ever happen. Mm -hmm. It turns out that these police officers knew the stepfather mm -hmm. and he would fix their vehicles and shit. Like he's yeah. like a mechanic or whatever. Yeah. Here's some of Celine's words. And sadly, I believe that's what ended his life. She's talking about her dad. Yeah. Sadly, I believe that's what ended his life. He was not robbed or things stolen from him. There was someone hiding in the woods at his job waiting for him. His mother stayed with the stepfather and she knew what was taking place but remained quiet. They divorced some years later and family pretends this stuff never happened. Oh, also Celine's cousin, the child who was born as a result of the stepfather raping Caroline, only speaks to a couple people in the family. Okay, Gabe, will you read that piece of 
the last message you got from her? Michelle and June are the only ones that speak to her. The rest of the siblings are all the stepfather's actual kids. And they have said to the aunts, fuck it's Michelle and June. They have said to Michelle and June constantly that they lied and that their father would never do that. So his kids like protect him. And the other sister, Caroline, who had the baby at 16, passed away. Yeah, she died at around like 30 because she had a lot of like legal troubles and apparently a lot of mental health issues because duh. Yeah. That's what fucking happens. Right. But so he this this horrific person is still around. So the rest of this is in Celine's words. Even with all the abuse, the stepfather has never seen a jail sentence or even it being on his record for pedophilia and rape. My dad has no justice. I'm a very spiritual person and I know my dad is always with me, but I have tried everything to reopen the case. There is no police report, no evidence of his passing from any report besides a death certificate and no body to exhume. But I know the truth. 100% the police and the stepfather had something to do with it. If not, why wouldn't there be a report? No one in his family besides his two sisters and one cousin know I exist. I don't plan on revealing myself until the stepfather's deathbed because I will go down there just so I can say, guess who? You killed my father, but you did not kill me and through me he will live on and I will tell the tale of the awful human being you are. Yeah. Fucking savage. I have goosebumps all over again. On your nibbles too? No. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Um, this is fucking wild. So insane. Thank you for that story. Person. I can't, I can't even wrap my head around that when you're like looking into your family, you're like, I need to find out more about this. Mm -hmm. And then to feel like your dad is right there wanting you to find it. Yeah. Like hearing that stuff in your head. I believe that shit. Like I believe in that stuff that it's part intuition and part like shit that we can't identify. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, oh yeah, I can just take it at face value, but like I'm listening to this, this other element of the universe, you know? Yeah. I don't believe in it, but I believe believe that but gay believes in nothing <laughs> i don't really believe in that stuff but i do believe that like it, it was like we can our brains can do that you know sure and see i believe in like the trees are breathing so <laughs> well i mean they are actually yeah and not like it's like what a monday <laughs> you know what i mean but it's like <laughs> you know it's like co2 and like a logging truck drives by and they're like oh my god <laughs> All right, so I ended up looking up some resources and stuff for people. There's a bunch, which is great. First of all, I want to say that the worst thing that I think that ever happened in the fucking world is that Stranger Danger like campaign they did. Because yeah. 93% of people who are raped or molestations and stuff, they know the victim. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I found some good stuff on nsvrc.org. Mm-hmm. The ywca.org has a lot of great resources and stuff too, especially in specific communities and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's an organization called rainn.org. Rain. Yeah. We've talked about it before, remember? Yeah. They have a lot of resources, but there's one specific that I think is great. You can actually chat online with somebody that's like trained to help you. Mm. Um, Stopitnow.org has a ton of great shit. Um, You can call them uh, 1-88-PREVENT. 1-888-PREVENT. This one is great too, I feel like, because they have um, resources and support for adults who experience sexual abuse, um, and they have resources for partners and friends of survivors. There's the National Child Abuse Hotline child at childhelp.org, 1-800-4-A-CHILD. They have 24-7 assistance. There's 170 languages. It's anonymous and confidential. That phone number for the childhelp.org is like pretty much on like every single 
the website. 1-800, the number 4-A-C-H-I-L-D. Yep. Also, 1-800-656-HOPE. They have people that are actually trained to be able to help you. Like, if you're like, I need help and I want to know the steps to take and blah, blah, blah. Like, they'll, Mm -hmm. these people, like, are trained to do this stuff. But I just want to highlight that you absolutely, like, do not need evidence of a child that has been molested. Mm-hmm. Like you can look into all this stuff and have people help you because it's really complicated, obviously, with with kids. Yeah. What was I going to say? Okay, so a listener sent in an email and we have another crazy story. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be next week. We're just in the intermission, so it's a little bit different. We're not doing episodes for the next three episodes after this. will just be mini-sodes as well, but then we'll get back into it. Right. It's summer, dudes. Come on. We want to do summer stuff. So email us at svupod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group. Like our business page on Facebook because we'll share shit on there that you can share with your friends if you want. Yeah. And uh, if we have like updates and shit, we'll put it on there. Yeah. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, give us a five-star because we got a four-star and Tasha just like can't deal. <laughs> so. She's like, why don't you like me all the way? <laughs> when she told me, she's like, we got, I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, nice. And she was like, and then I was like, oh, wait, that she's not cool with it. <laughs> what what 20% is knocking off for you? Is it the sound of my voice? Is, 25% is it something else it? that I'm insecure about? Well, five, four, four, four stars. quarters is, oh. Five is, are we doing math again? I can't. Five times 20 is 100. 100%. Minus one star is minus 20%. Okay. I was listening to Crime Junkies awesome podcast and they were like trying to do a math thing they're like we're bad at math and i was like so are we Tasha?" <laughs> like to myself in the car it could be just me though because you kind of nailed that percentage thing yeah i was a waitress for a really long time oh, so yeah. i know how to do 20 percent math <laughs> if you like us tell people about us tell people about us we'll tell people yeah. about you <laughs> send us any weird stories that you have yeah. murder not murder, ghosts, not ghosts. Not ghosts. You can just say Gabe's going to start a ghost podcast where it's just her begging for ghost stories. And she's not going to put any content out because all she wants is for you to send her ghost stories. Just send them to her. And then me read them, yeah, at night. Oh, my God. I'm so excited already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> Seriously, though. Stop it. Sorry. Okay, bye, guys. Bye, Tasha. I love you. I love you. Bye. Cried, I, yeah. I cried super hard. Right. And I emotional barf, which I hadn't done since I was dating. <laughs> <laughs> he made you emotional barf? You emotionally barfed over that dude? Remember when he like hooked up with one of my friends? When yes. I was that, I can't, I think that was one of the times I emotionally barfed. Oh. I was like 22. I know. I was it's... like, oh, I love you. <laughs> so stupid. I just, you know, because my hindsight is like, this guy isn't fucking worth it. Actually, my sight at the time was I was like, this guy isn't fucking worth it. Yeah. Where like, I remember coming over one time. I don't remember what he, what awful thing he had done, but I came over to your house on Jackson Street and I like just kind of walked into your room and you're like, get out because <laughs> you were crying. Oh, and, and I don't like people seeing me cry. Yeah. yeah. And you shut the door and I was like, <gasps> how dare he do this to us? <laughs> and then you wrote him a terrible email. Oh my God. That was awesome though. I was mad about it at the time because I was insane. You were mad about it at the time because you were on vacation with your family and... No, I mean like the email. he thought... I know. Because he thought that 
like you had had me send it. And I'm like, no, I sent it because I don't have boundaries with my friends. And I thought I was like, oh, finally I get to say whatever I fucking want to. You're a piece of shit. I hate you. I only ever laughed at your jokes because I love Gabe. <laughs> they weren't funny. No, he wasn't funny. <laughs> what is this sauce? It's ketchup. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I know. 